New year, new you is the phrase all over the TV and internet this month, and we couldn't help ourselves from joining in. The end of the first week of January is the time when most people give up their resolutions, so we've called in a couple experts to help you keep going on your mission to make positive changes in your life. First up, we have BJ Fogg, the Stanford University scientist behind the Persuasive Technology Lab, which studies ways in which technology and social interventions can affect health habits, like flossing and going to the gym. He's got a three-step system that will have you getting to the gym, flossing your teeth, cleaning up clutter around your house, whatever you want to do in no time. After that, we talked to Shop Notes editor Kevin Dupsick about tricks for cleaning out your wardrobe and getting rid of old paint. And Matt Allen stops by to tell us about the new, slightly different fitness tracker he's using, as well as a way you can get Dwayne The Rock Johnson to make you go to the gym. Happy New You, y'all. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and this is the most useful podcast ever. So today for our new special New Year's episode, we have with us BJ Fogg, who is a Stanford University scientist behind the Persuasive Technology Lab. Um, welcome, BJ. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, I feel like this time of year is the time of year, I mean, I think everyone knows this, when everyone's dieting, everyone is trying to change some habit, they're trying to floss, they're trying to stop smoking. <laughs> um, and I have read that you're the guy to talk to about this. Well, I know a lot about how behavior works and especially about how habits work. So, yeah, I, um, I love talking about this stuff. Are some habits easier to, like, for example, I have this idea that some people maybe are better at starting habits and some people are maybe better at quitting them. Is there a difference between <laughs> quitting something and starting something? Yes, there is. Um, in general, it is easier to bring a new behavior into your life especially if it's simple, then get rid of some behavior you've been trying to stop for many, many years. Now, there's some behaviors that are really easy to stop. Like if somebody said, hey, stop the habit of going to work, you can stop that. <laughs> uh, I'd be really good at that. Of, I mean, here's a metaphor that I think works pretty well. The process of growing a plant and nurturing it is different than tearing it out of the earth. Those are different processes. So growing... Placing a habit in our life and nurturing it is different than taking one out. Okay. And that metaphor of, you know, habits are like plants and they root themselves in our life is actually a really helpful one. That makes sense. Uh, so you, I've actually, I've read that you have like a, a three-step system to changing your behavior. Is that, can you tell us how it works? <laughs> There's a method called tiny habits that I created. Okay. And in that method, number one, get really specific on what is the behavior that you want to bring into your life. So it's, number two, how do you make it easier to do? Why easy? Because if it's easy to do, then it doesn't rely so much on motivation. Okay. And motivation is a slippery thing. It goes up and down. And then number three is make sure there's a prompt or a reminder to do it. Um, and, you know, what's, what is going to be the thing that reminds you to do this new behavior? And in the tiny habit method, you use an existing routine, something you already do, to mm -hmm. be your reminder to do the new behavior. Okay. So let's say I want to go to the gym more often. So I, I wouldn't say I want to go to the gym more often, right? I'd say I want to go to the gym, like twice a week or like or 40 times this month or something like that yeah you know and if i were coaching you i'd have you get more specific there are people using the tiny habits method where they the way they constructed it is after i leave work i will go to the gym and what they meant by that is they would get in the car 
and drive to the gym parking lot. Okay. Now, at that, and this is the part that's going to sound crazy, but at that point, if they decide, oh, I don't want to actually go in and work out, that's okay. In other words, they were making it the habit to actually go to the gym, not oh, actually wow. work out. Yeah, it sounds kind of crazy, but the people that have done it that way said, man, once I was in the parking lot, it's like, well, of course I'm going to go in and do a little workout. Once they started doing a little workout, they did more. In other words, it's almost like you tricked yourself. Like even the days you think, I'm not working out, but um, I'm going to drive to the gym because that's my habit. And once they're there, then they're in a different frame of mind and one thing leads to another. Oh, I feel like I've actually heard this as like a successful habit forming thing from other places, especially with exercise or things like that, where it's just like you really almost have to trick yourself because you'll get this. I don't want to start. (laughs) It's like, okay, I'm going to do two jumping jacks, two jumping jacks. And then you do two and you're like, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to just do two. And you end up doing more because once you've done the, you know, it's like two doesn't sound, two sounds so ridiculously easy that then you can't stop yourself from doing it. And then once you've done it, then you're like, well, okay, might as well keep going. Right. And the way we look at that, that I, you know, in the Tiny Habits Method, we call that the starter step. So you make the starter step to habit. Now, sometimes the starter step, like pouring a glass of water, may not lead to you drinking more water. Putting vitamins in a little bowl, that's what I do. So I have a habit of not taking the vitamins, but putting them in a little bowl. Once I do that, that almost always leads to taking them. Ah. Taking the vitamins is actually too hard. Where oh, right. putting the bowl is really easy, right? So it's like you scale it back and you focus on, in some cases, you focus on the starter step. There's another flavor of this, but, you know, what's the first step? And you make that the habit. And just like you said, if it's so easy, then you don't sabotage yourself. Or you don't think, oh, I don't have the energy. You just do it. Yeah. And if you, and if you don't want to do more than two jumping jacks, you can stop. Okay. <laughs> yeah, in the tiny habits method, that's okay because you're just you're making the small behavior the habit. Right. You know what I do with vitamins is I put them on my desk because I know I'll be so bored at work I'll actually take them rather than work. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, so, so, so that behavior, we call that staging. Oh. So staging is you, you take what you need to do the task and you make that thing be the reminder. So it's doing two things at once. It's making it easier to do, and it's prompting a reminder. That's, and that's, that's, never, that's never been named before, so we're calling it staging. That sounds brilliant, the way you put it. I was like, I was just putting them on my desk, but now I, now I feel smart. <laughs> See, I mean, but, but you know, you, you, you've figured it out, and I'm sure people listening and say, oh, my gosh, I do that, too. Mm-hmm. Well, there's different kinds of techniques like that that you can do to get yourself to do behavior. So let me give some examples of habits that I... Uh, I think a great starting point. Uh, flossing one tooth. So the tiny habit <laughs> recipe, yeah, it sounds crazy, but the tiny habit recipe for that is after I brush, I will floss one tooth. Okay. Now, you can do more teeth if you want, but you don't have to. Just make that the habit. Uh, next one, and this is one that I, I didn't used to admit, but now I do. Uh, after I pee, I do two push-ups. Okay. So the, the peeing or flushing the toilet then is the reminder to do push, two push-ups. I only do this at home. Okay, I don't do this. I was saying that's got to be tough at work. <laughs> <laughs> You're standing in the urinals. It. I'll be right out, guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> some some people do squats or other things in public restrooms, but you know I don't stop at two. 
Sometimes they do, sometimes, uh, but it's rare. I usually do five to eight, 12, you know, and over time, so I've been doing this for like five years now, you get a lot stronger and it just becomes wired in. Uh, the third one that I think is really powerful, and I call it the Maui habit for various reasons, is after your feet touch the floor in the morning, as soon as you wake up, you say, it's going to be a great day. Ah. You just say the phrase. Even if you don't believe it's going to be a great day, you say it. And that has an amazing, uh, it, I don't want to say it's miraculous because, you know, I'm a scientist, but it has a unexpectedly big impact on how your day goes and eventually how your week and month and year goes. Oh, that's a good idea. I feel like, uh, yeah, I've, I've noticed this even personally. If I listen to music I really like first thing in the morning and I'm all smiling and mm-hmm. running around, you know, then you're pretty much, it's really hard to have a bad day after that. You know, you're just kind of, you're in a good mood. So then somebody bumps into you on the train, you're like, eh, who cares? Yeah. I was well, listening I to Cher, <laughs> you know. I love that. I, uh, I mean, my podcast is called The Most Useful Podcast Ever, so I spent a lot of time on like, <laughs> life hacking sites. Um, yeah. And I, uh, I've read about this. They call things a keystone habit, maybe, where it's like you have one habit that does, you know, once you've got this one habit, suddenly you can have all these other great habits because it just kind of enables you in a way or something like that. Yeah, here. Here's what my research shows within five days. So the Tiny Habits free session is a five-day program. And at the end of that, I evaluate it every week. And one of the things I ask is, did doing Tiny Habits lead to other positive changes in your life? And well over 80% of the people who answer the question say yes, over 80%. So you get this ripple effect. And... 20% 20% about of those 80%, it changes week to week, but that's a pretty good average, have changed something big. Wow. So in other words, by doing small changes, you get these ripple effects. And for a certain pretty significant percent of people, they make a big change as well. Wow. That's, an, I, that's pretty impressive. One way to think about habits is it's a design challenge. It's not a willpower challenge. And if something's not working, then redesign and so bring your design skills and your design know-how to the table here. And if you're relying on willpower to create habits, I think you're doing it the wrong way. It's a design issue. Right, right. It's almost like a think, uh, work smarter, not harder. Well, and one, one of the key things in design is where does this fit in my day? So let's say you want to go to the gym. Uh, where does that fit in your day naturally? So you've got to design it into a spot in your life, whether it's your day, your week, your month, where it fits naturally. And sometimes that takes some trial and error to figure out where it actually fits. Right. Yeah. um, I I know a lot of people have a lot of success with working out in the morning, I think, because it's like there's no distractions and they realize, Mm -hmm. oh, if I just get up a half hour earlier, that doesn't work for me because there's nothing that could make me get up a half hour earlier. You (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and it's it's good to know that, right? Yeah. So that's why in the Tiny Habits Method, we call we say practice and revise. So you're practicing to increase your skill, and you're revising when things don't work. Practice and revise, and then before you know it, you too could be flossing one tooth. Once you'll be flossing <laughs> all your teeth, and your dentist will love you. And your dentist will love you. Uh, hey, that is a really good reason to, to get a, to floss. I mean, I actually finally got an electric toothbrush, and my dentist for the first time said, what are you doing? This is amazing. And I almost, like, I wanted like an award. I've never had a dentist yeah. praise me in my entire life. You're like the A-plus 
station. You get an A plus in mouth. <laughs> in mouth, yeah, in in uh, in, in in gum or whatever. <laughs> but um, you know the, the way that we've been traditionally taught to change your behavior and a lot of the older thinking about habits really sets people up for failure, and that's too bad. I mean, the, the you know the the old way is pick something that you should be doing that you don't really want to do and pick something big, and then just somehow force yourself to do it. And, of course, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, get a, do you get annoyed with this whole new, new year, new you thing, where everyone's trying to change 15 <laughs> different habits at the same time? Uh, how do I answer that? <laughs> I think people should be always um, redesigning their life. So I'm glad that there's at least one time a year where a lot of people take it seriously and look at it I think the thing I get annoyed about is when people aren't willing to make small changes. Right. Uh, where they're like, oh, a tiny habit or a small change, that's not big enough. I need big changes. And it's like, guess what? The way you get to big changes is through small changes. Okay, so we have a special edition of New Year's Shop Notes this episode with Kevin Dupsick, who's our Shop Notes editor, among other things. Oh, that's, you're like, that's very nice of you. Yeah, normally you're our curious idiot, but today... But today I'm Shop today Notes editor. Today you're Shop Notes editor. Yeah, it's new me for 2017. <laughs> new year, new Kevin. Yep. Um, so you had a couple of tips, one of which I'm actually really excited to try out, this whole clothes thing. Yeah, this is actually... I have a, like a million old t-shirts that I just, every time I look at one, I think like, this is so meaningful to me. I can't get rid of it. I have the same problem, actually. Yeah. So this is just kind of a way to like be able to thin those things out. So um, you go in your closet, you take everything that's hanging up on a hanger and you turn the hanger around like so it's backwards hanging on your closet rack or whatever. Okay. Um, And then every time you wear it, so you do that right now at the beginning of the year. Then every time you wear something, you turn the hanger the right way around. And then when you reach the end of the year, you can see which things you didn't wear for a whole year and donate hey. those to Goodwill or whatever. That's a great idea. What and if they're in drawers, what do you, you could like fold them up, fold them and put them upside down? In the yeah, drawer. you can do something like that. Yeah, I haven't the thought drawers, of the drawer, the drawer problem yet. The drawer conundrum. Yeah, uh, I have the drawers are really my problem because I've got like you know you got shirts that your parents gave you for Christmas and then you've got like a like a um, time you ran a marathon like every time I've run a half marathon that's I got all big, those shirts and you're like oh, I'm proud of them but that's the big one for me is the drawer that has all my like workout clothes yeah which is largely shirts that I've collected from things like that um, and like there's too much for the drawer now like the stuff gets stuck when yeah. I try and open it and, and so, you don't but actually I, wear them that often. Yeah. yeah. You end up wearing the same like five things from that drawer. Yeah. yeah. So that one's hard. We've got to, I've got to solve that one. I, I had a friend who, uh, who used to tell me, this was like a shopping tip, but she used to say, if you, if you buy it or if you fear, you know, are you going to buy, if you're going to buy something or whatever, uh, figure out if it sings to you is what she said, <laughs> which uh, she might be a little hippie about it. But uh, if you really, really want it, that's like, you know, don't buy something that you're kind of half about, yeah. you know, which is, it's, ca- that's it's really easy good to advice. do. I know? definitely, I've definitely bought um, shirts and pants before where I was like, I think I like this or like, it doesn't fit perfectly, but I like the color. And then you just wear it twice. You wear it twice that's and then it. it sits in your closet and then yeah. you, you end up getting rid of it and you're like, why did I even buy that? Yeah, yeah. Don't buy something unless it makes you like truly happy. I bought a pair of pants recently and I never buy pants. I don't know. I have this like, 
pants aversion. Yeah, I guess. Um, so I bought a pair of pants recently, and you're they, wearing pants right now. I am. So I am wearing pants. Yeah. I do wear pants to the office. Uh, regretfully, I, I hate them. Um, no, I, I bought these pants, and they are faux red leather pants. Which yeah. I have wanted a pair of faux red leather pants since I was probably 18, which probably tells yeah. you a lot about me. But I went into the store, and I saw them, and I went. I don't even care how much those cost. I, I want I'm them. I'm them. buying them. I'm leaving here with those. And I bought them and I have worn them. I've had them for about two weeks. I've probably worn them like 70% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I got to figure out how to wash fake leather pants now. But, uh, yeah. but you know, it's, those are amazing and, and I will never probably never get tired of those. Yeah. But, uh, and, and that's because I followed this advice of my hippie friend. Yeah, what I need to do is um, so the t-shirts things were a problem for me because I really like t-shirts, but now I don't really ever have a day where I can wear them because during the week I used to have a job where I work from home so I could wear a t-shirt and yeah. now I can't really. And I just feel like there's more pressure being around New York to not look like a schlub. So yeah. that's less t-shirts. That's the thing. Even if you go to the gym and you're wearing like an old, you know, free t-shirt from work, people are like, really? And you're like, oh, wait, that, what? What? If, I'm just going to sweat in it. Yeah. So, well, so in the past, I had a bunch of college t-shirts because I worked a lot of campus jobs as I was in college. Mm. And I, like, found something that was advertised in the back of, like, Rolling Stone magazine where you, like, mail them your shirts and they, like, make a quilt out of it. Sent back. So I got that. And it's, like, my favorite blanket that I have around my house. That's awesome. But it also was kind of, like, it's really not that cool, like, have a company make that quilt for you. So I think now it's, like, I just need a friend who could sew them together. And then I can just take all of my t-shirts, which are largely, like, cool rock bands Uh, uh t-shirts, and just have that be a, a second like a college quilt and then a and rock then a, band. A rock quilt. band quilt. My mom actually can do that and did that when my grandfather died. Really? She t- he used to wear plaid shirts all the time. He had every single color of plaid shirt. And so my mom took 40 of them after he passed away and sewed them all into a plaid, a mixed plaid quilt. And That's awesome. Yeah. Your mom sounds so cool. No, yeah, my mom's pretty cool. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I hope she, she doesn't listen to the podcast, I don't think. And maybe occasionally. Yeah. So I'll have to tell her to listen to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, so that is a great tip for people who are trying to get their lives in order. And that's like kind of a universal tip. I think you had one that was also more of a popular mechanics-y kind of tip. Yeah. So the shirt one also is like really long term. This this one's really short and easy. And I actually came across this like in our archives. This was from like an old shop notes from the 60s or something. But the idea is that um, if you have a sanding block that's like a wooden sanding block, it's really rigid. And so if you're working on a workpiece that has some kind of slight curve to it or just kind of a more subtle shape, the rigidity of the block can kind of um, be a problem. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so instead, you can just get some corrugated cardboard, like from a box from Amazon you have left over from Christmas or something. Right, you probably have a lot of boxes right now. Yeah, and cut it into little rectangles about the size of a sanding block and stack them and then wrap your sandpaper around that. Um, And now you have a sanding block that actually has some flexibility because the corrugated cardboard has some gives. And it's cheap. Yeah, I mean, if you well, have you, the do Amazon you, do box, do you tape free. it or you just hold over? The... I think you could do it with a tack or do it with a little bit of tape. Okay. Um, I actually haven't tried to tape sandpaper very often. My guess is it probably doesn't tape that well. I so would I think, think maybe right like now. some tacks would be your your better move. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, then you can then you can work on something that has you know where you want more of a curve to it. Right. Another solution for that, I learned this actually while doing a story for the magazine uh, about re- uh, refinishing my grandfather's oh, trunk. old army trunk. Uh, and that was there were so many little pieces that you had to get around, and mm-hmm. and it was actually Roy, who's a frequent guest on here, that taught me this. Is that there's such a thing as flexible sandpaper, 
And yeah, it's it, so we got stuff that was uh, f- it was flexible, wet, dry sandpaper, which also okay. I didn't know there was wet, dry sandpaper. So you get this. I believe ours was from 3M, and it's like kind of a plasticky, vinyl-y sort of feel. Mm-hmm. And then it's they got the sand grit on the other yeah. side. And I don't remember. I think we got ours in like 150 or 250 or something like that. But they have yeah. different grits for it. And so what you do is you take it like it's a sheet of paper and you fold it in thirds. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, so you've got one sa- a sanding surface on both sides, and you can use it, and you yeah. it, it molds to your hand, and it doesn't oh, doesn't cool. slide because the gritty parts against your hand. And then when when it gets uh, you know exhausted or whatever, you can just flip it over, right. or then you can refold it so the the third on the, the inside is now yeah. on the outside. And also with the wet dry, you can rinse it. So oh. if it gets paint in it or whatever, or just rinse it out yeah, and redo it. it yeah, it was uh, that was a revelation that that whole wet dry sandpaper thing. Yeah. So this is, I mean, serious sandpaper solutions for 2017. Yeah, is what this is. That's a great slogan. So you are always in here drinking beer, and now we're here to talk about how you work all the beer off. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> this yeah. is Matt Allen, who is our resident beer drinker and exerciser, I feel like. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. a few exercises, but you... We do, but I do the most of both, I think. <laughs> um, and you are testing a sensor. There are so many sensors. Mm-hmm. Um, what does this one do? This is the beast. Oh, my God. Uh, In name alone, already winning. Yeah, yeah. Although there, it's tough to Google because there's a lot of things for workouts called the beast or oh. some variation of beast. Surprise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's basically uh, so it's a fitness tracker designed for working out at the gym um, I think it's really ideal for uh, guys that are really into just like tracking their sets and reps. Okay. Um, Wait, couldn't you just count those? You can count those. Yes, <laughs> you can. Um, I mean, you could count your steps too. Well, but. right. That's true. You could do mm-hmm. that. Which I actually, I am ashamed to admit this on a national podcast, but there was a brief period where I wanted to see, I think I had just started using one of those Fitbits. Yeah. And I wanted to see how accurate it was. So I actually counted my steps to the bathroom to mm-hmm. see if it reflected it accurately. And it was close, but it was not exact. No, no. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, uh, basically a small pedometer-sized uh, unit you wear on a wrist. Uh, it connects via Bluetooth to your phone, which then connects back to the Beast website. I believe it's thisisbeast.com. <laughs> um, they really went all out on they, the, uh, yeah, on the they, marketing here. Yeah, yeah, they did, they did. Uh, and the unit that you wear uh, is basically a set of accelerometers and gyroscopes that uh, basically it knows when you do a rep and it knows sort of the velocity of it. Okay. Um, and this is a rep of like a bicep curl or a deadlift. Curl, a or deadlift, yeah. Does push it have up. to be your arms? Does uh, it have to involve your arms? No. Like, well, deadlift, you wear it on your wrist and it just, you know, it measures you picking the thing up off the ground. Okay. But uh, in a squat, it would still get? Uh, yeah, I think so. They also have another mount that you can like sort of wear it on your back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah, right. What if you're doing like sit-ups or something? Push-ups. Where you're, yeah. Oh, you're, push-ups. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you you might have to move it around. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sort of the the problem with it can be that there's like a lot of playing with your phone during the workout. Right. Um, I'm more of a like a CrossFit type guy that just like give me 20 minutes to do a bunch of junk and I'm just gonna sweat real hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is more for if you're gonna do like. You know, you're doing six sets of bench presses with three minutes rest in between. Uh, this is really ideal for that. Uh, okay. You would go on the website. You would uh, sort of lay out your workout ahead of time on the uh, on their yeah on their website, 
and then it would go to your phone and then basically when you get to the gym you just hit start on that um and it would take you through everything and so it knows when you've done like your five reps okay and then it sort of tracks them because it can tell uh you know when your wrist or whatever the unit is is accelerating and then it tells you how fast you did it oh. um, how fast of, you did each like does it give you like power or something like that on each one yeah that, that's sort of the idea like okay the total work done will always be the same on a bench press at a given weight uh, what they're trying to do is uh, to look at your velocity. That's that's sort of the added value as opposed to just like going to the gym and lifting. This is saying like, hey, after your seventh rep, you slowed down a lot. Um, you focus on that. Or you can look at the big picture for you and say like, the last few days, you've been really slow. Take a rest day. Ah, oh, well, that's, that's pretty useful, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I'm more of a run. I don't lift. I don't lift, uh, mm-hmm. bro. Oh. But I don't even lift, bro. But uh, I do run, and I, I have that problem where some days I'm just like, God, I really feel like I'm just dragging my feet through mud today, and yeah, I don't terrible. know why, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then it's just you're tired, you need to take a day off, mm-hmm. like stop running. So I think that seems like a pretty useful feature. Yeah. Um, so I would say, like, yeah, the, the, two, the two things it has going for it is that it's good at, like, you – upload your work or you like you enter your workout online and then after you've like put all your reps in actually at the gym um you know your phone's reading that from the sensor and that automatically goes back up to the website so if you don't mind putting in the time to sort of set everything up it's a good way to track all your workouts your reps um and how quickly you're doing them okay Mm -hmm. so wait how much does this b sensor cost uh, so sensor plus account is $250. Ooh, that's expensive. It is expensive. Do you think it's worth it? Would you buy one of these? Uh, I wouldn't for, for what I like to do at the gym, but if you're, uh, really dedicated to traditional weightlifting, uh, strength programs, uh, I could see it being useful. Uh, they sort of sell it as a replacement for a personal trainer. Okay. And so it's certainly, uh, you know, it's the cost of two or three, uh, personal training sessions, but... You have it for years. Right. Okay. I mm-hmm. could see that. Um, less of the shame, though. Isn't part of the thing with a personal trainer that you got to show up or you feel ashamed of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, embarrassment and feeling bad about yourself because <laughs> you have to prove yourself to. It's you great motivation. It, it is. Out. It really is. And, um, you know, uh, while this can tell you if you're slowing down and need rest, it can't necessarily tell you, you know, if, if your squat form is off and you're going to hurt your knees. Right. I mean, right. Well, a lot of certified trainers can't either, but <laughs> in theory, in theory. Yeah, right, right. In theory, that's part mm-hmm. of what you're paying for is injury prevention yeah. and uh, and ensuring that you will actually go do it. Mm-hmm. Does it send you any reminders to make you go to the gym? Um, I, you know, I haven't looked into that, but there's so many ways you can do that. <laughs> I guess you could just do that on your phone. Just set an alarm for yeah. every single, a recurring alarm every single day. I know at one point, at least, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson had a good alarm that just sort of yelled at you to wake up, go to the gym, that sort of thing. Oh, That's, really? Yeah. You could just get one of those? Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Is, is, it, is it in his voice? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> it, it had better be. <laughs> you wake up and it's The Rock yelling at you to go to the gym. I'd go to the gym. I absolutely would go to the gym. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to get one of those. Happy New Year, and that's our show. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Jesse Wright Mendoza. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. If you want to read more about making smart habits, check out our shop notes section at popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening.